0: Once again to another episode of The Wall Behind and Beyond. I am your host, Philip A. Jones. As always, we bring you personal perspectives from those who have been impacted by the criminal justice system. It is a part of our focus and mission to tell the stories which shape the lives of everyday people in hopes that someone listening will take away something that will help them in their own lives. Today, We have a guest who went to prison back in 2015 after being involved in a multi-car fatal accident. She does not shy away from telling her story, which is one of redemption and service. She is now a returning citizen who spends her life assisting other women who are also still inside, helping them to rise above their condition and find their life's purpose through her organization, the Rusty Diamond Network. This is how she now gives back. Please welcome the founder of the Rusty Diamond Network, Nicole Hutchinson-Moore, to the show. How are you today, my friend?
1: Hi, how, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm so blessed to be here with you today, Philip.
0: Absolutely. We're going to have a great show, you know what I'm saying? Your story is amazing and interesting, and I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it, and they're going to get something from it. So thank you for showing up today to do the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Can
1: you tell us a little bit about your story and also where you're from? Well, sure. I'll try to do that here in just a a couple of minutes and be as brief as I can. So I'm from Dallas, Texas, born and raised. There's there's few of us, I think, still here that are originally from here. But um, I grew up in Dallas, went to school here, uh, was raised here. My father's a a, a retired neurosurgeon uh, here in the Dallas area. I live here with my husband now and and our our three little puppers and our our kitty cat. Um, And uh, I was really involved in the Dallas kind of scene, you know, having been here, Um, was very active in some charities and things like that. I was in corporate America for about 24 years or so prior to my accident, working in kind of global fortune companies on the sales side. Um, And sadly, in 2015, Um, I got in my car after I had been at a charity event um, and actually had been home prior and and got in my car, made an irrational decision after I'd been drinking and was involved in a multi-car fatal drunk driving accident. I was on bond for several years um, and then ended up in a plea agreement and uh, went into the Texas Department of Corrections in 2018. Um, and I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of what transpired there, but that just kind of gives you an overview of a little bit about, um, you know, leading up to what our conversation is probably going to be here
0: for sure. And that's what we're going to get to. You know what I'm saying? I'm very much looking forward to it. If you can, please tell us about Rusty Diamond
1: Network. Um, how did you come up with the concept? Well, you know, one of the neat things is the name. Rusty Diamond Network, um, is, was my mom's CB handle. So in Texas in the 80s, obviously we didn't have cell phones and we had uh, some property up in Oklahoma and my sister and my mom and I would go up there on the weekends and dad put a CB in her car to keep us safe and be able to communicate. And my mom's CB handle was Rusty Diamond. So as as I went through this process and everything that transpired from this, you know, life altering experience from the accident. And then of course, you know, hitting my knees and realizing that everything in my life needed to change and all the, the reflection that transpired, I realized, um, you know, kind of the brokenness inside of me, but also the inspiration. And my mom was a big part of the inspiration of my life. And as I was sitting in, in Dallas County jail, Uh, waiting to be transported to Texas Department of Corrections. And really, for the first time ever in my life, I had never been a part of this, you know, big beast of a criminal justice system. I had no idea, uh, you know, what it was like. And I had all these kind of preconceived notions going in that were completely wrong, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But I realized sitting there that these women We're looking for somebody to just love them and and nurture them and help them through their trauma, just like I was and had been that had been unaddressed in my life, you know, leading up to this accident and kind of all the transformation of my own heart and my own life that happened, you know, after the fact. There was a crossroads for me. So Rusty Diamond was born while I was in Dallas County Jail, literally in that first 30 day period um, I still have my original diamonds that I met three ladies that I met while I was in Dallas County Jail that are still diamonds in my network today that we support each other, you know, in our lifestyle because the Rusty Diamond Network isn't a program, even though there's a lot of aspects to what we do, you know, in our life to help with our thinking and, and you know some of our actions and things like that in our life. It's really a lifestyle, how we live our lives. And so Rusty Diamond Network was born in Dallas County. And here we are, you know, going almost into our fifth year now into what we are today as a reentry and all the other things that we do.
0: Hey, that's amazing. and It's a fitting title, Rusty Diamond, because when you think about it, the term, you know, diamond in the rough, like how when you remove all of the stuff that surrounds it, the rock, the the debris and the stuff that is covered under you'll see a shiny jewel and so I think it's an appropriate and fitting name uh, when you're going in doing the work necessary having people there to support you uplift you and show you um, that you can get back on track Um, I love what you guys are doing over there it's a powerful powerful message
1: I I agree And, and you know it was interesting as I was sitting there and you think about diamonds and you think about shiny and pretty and you know bling right but a diamond is formed from pressure and there's nothing like the pressure of a huge traumatic event and, and what had happened in, in, you know, my life and in someone else's that, that I caused right at that moment, there was a pressure. Do I, in my own life, do I, you know, is, is my life over as well? Can I live with this? What do I do going forward? What is my purpose, the pressure of all of that, and then the pressure of what, what what kind of human am I to allow myself to make those kind of choices and decisions? And then taking that pressure off and realizing, wait a minute, hold on. Wh- who am I? What am I? What? And kind of peeling back the layers of the years of trauma stemming back to my childhood, stemming back to some, some really tragic generational things in my family. You know, there's adoption, there's all kinds of things. that We don't even have time to talk about today, but I talk about in my story and, and, um, you know, in my website and other things, but basically looking at all of that pressure and going, there is beauty on the other side of that pressure. Look at a diamond. That's how a diamond is formed. So yes, you're right. I, I think that is kind of a, a, a poignant way of, of of labeling us. Also, society wants to label us as our worst mistake, as that moment in that pressure, right? What we've done, what that mistake is, whether it's a criminal act, whether it's you know, something tragic that's occurred or has happened. I wanted to look at it as, wait a minute, I'm I'm not this offender. I'm not this offense, us women, we are diamonds. So we don't call ourselves the formerly incarcerated or offender, we're diamonds. You know, these are my fellow diamonds. These are the fellow women that I work with. As a matter of fact, you're a diamond by proxy, even though you're a man.
0: Most definitely, you know, I appreciate that. And I like what you said about it's not a program. What comes to mind when I hear all the amazing things you guys are doing is that it's a support network uh, because you assist each other to lift back up and take your rightful place in society uh, where you belong after going through your struggle, after after having to experience um, something that helps shape and transform you. And so I love that you said that because when you think about a program you, you, you most often think about person giving you some type of book or manual and you memorizing things and program yourself to your better. Uh, but what you're saying is that we're here for each other, lifting each other up, being there for each other, um, helping people get back and finding their path, you know, and get back on the right course.
1: Absolutely. And I think finally in this world of what we're living in with advocacy and, and finally our voices being heard, which is exactly what you're doing today and why I was so excited to be here with you while you're behind the wall literally is what Rusty Diamond does. We bridge those of us that are behind that wall as we're going through the process. Literally once the bracelets go on, right? Once those those um, handcuffs go on, all the way through our life. That's why, you know, a program will focus and hone in. And there's great programs. I'm not knocking them at all. They have a very specific purpose, but they have one purpose. And that is to help us with cognitive or like if it's a DWI program or a drug-based program. Those are wonderful facets and spokes in the wheel. What I wanted to look at is how do we collectively take this and support each other? Because it is a growing, finally people are listening that, us with lived experience help each other in every other industry in business in all the other uh you know industries and, and vehicles that are out there everybody says oh okay you know they can help each other because they've got experience in this why does that not apply to people that have been incarcerated or people that have been through the judicial system or people that have been through these traumas. We are no different than other folks that have had you know, traumas, mental issues, substance abuse, whatever. Uh, quite frankly, it's that a lot of us have, quote, been caught or have other circumstances that we have gotten behind those walls in the world we're living in in mass incarceration today. That was a big eye-opening experience for me and a big platform that I'm trying to get out there for people to understand that it can happen to you. And it happened to me and we have to understand and peel this back and say, we're your mother, we're your sister, we're your brother, we're your uncle. This is happening to all walks of life, all people of all colors, of all backgrounds, of, of, of all races and cultures. And we all have to work together and let's share our experiences and our lived experiences and where we are in all areas of this, you know, pre- while we're, you know, pre-trial and diversion all the way through incarceration and beyond. So this is amazing what we're doing here today.
0: Most definitely. I love it. What was your feelings about the criminal justice system before prison? And what is your feeling about it
1: now? I love this question. This is so critical and so important. So in a nutshell, I'm going to try to be brief about this because I could talk about this alone for just for an hour I had no experience other than what I saw on TV or fear, or, you know, I, I'm going to be real here. And, you know, I, I take heat for this and I'm okay with it. I had this, this preconceived notion of criminals and them and they, um, I, I've heard somebody say, <laughs> call it them under the they uh, under the, the phone book, right? It was, it always happened to other people. I, I had no idea as I walked in stripped naked bare you know just completely stripped of all dignity of all humanity of my freedom and sitting there in a pod with all these women that i was just like them we were all the same it didn't matter our backgrounds and all of these things sitting there in our humanity my heart completely changed i understood at that moment that anytime you give power to someone over another it didn't matter whether it was in corporate America, in your own family, or in the criminal justice system. There was going to be a lot of breaks in that. And, and I was shocked where I thought that law enforcement, where I thought that the CEOs, where I thought that the, the people that had authority were going to be the ones that were going to be the protectors and to trust, and that was going to be my safe place. It was actually the opposite when I got behind those walls. Those girls that were the ones that had my back and it was quite shocking how broken the system was and 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 how they they weren't adhering to what i had an expectation and thought the way things should be because i thought there was going to be law and order within the system then as i got you know through this and now i've come out the other side and now i'm working with law enforcement and going back into prisons and working with programs and I sit on boards and I'm actually state licensed in mental health as a formerly incarcerated through this amazing program through the state of Texas, as a reentry peer specialist, I'm realizing how it's, it's unbelievably been accepted that that's just kind of how it is. And finally things are changing. So, you know, my opinion has changed over the last years, but really it was that first day walking in and getting behind those walls for the extended period of time to really see that, wait a minute, you know the way we're going about this is wrong. Is there accountability? Absolutely. We can't have lawlessness in our society. That won't work. Nobody wants that. We all have to live next to each other and with each other. But the way we're going about it isn't just, it isn't justice, it isn't fair, and quite quite the opposite. We're taking traumatized people and people that that shouldn't be behind bars thinking okay let's just stick them over here and fix it this is going to fix it or this punitive style of justice instead of taking these dollars and taking these resources that are so scarce already and saying let's leverage these for mental health let's leverage these for diversion and make these people healthier and better instead of more traumatized and more violent because 95 percent of us are getting out you included, Philip, and me included, and all the other wonderful guests you have on the show. So bottom line is, how do you want me to come out and be your neighbor? How do you want Philip to come out and be your neighbor? Because we're coming out. Do you want us in this traumatized environment and just be punitive because you're thinking about, quote, victims? Because the line of victim and victimization has changed. It's just the world and society that we live in. So I think that looking at how we balance our criminal justice system in and rehabilitative and, and harm reduction and all of the things that we're finally getting to that we're seeing now in the advances in mental health and addiction treatment and what we're doing there needs to carry over into our justice system.
0: Absolutely. And that's powerful. This is why I like having guests on like you because many of our listeners from all over the world, they don't know how the correlation is between uh crime, justice, being accountable, uh, and also that we are all the same. So in my organization, i like to first tell uh, those who work in the system that you could end up in in my situation tomorrow. Uh, One thing, one mistake that happened in your life, you could also be finding yourself sitting at the table in prison, playing cards or talking to others who you never thought that you would ever rub elbows with. And so it was so good for your explanation. Uh, because when we we'll hear it, it opens their mind to say, you know what? They're absolutely right. They're absolutely right. We are all the same. And we could all be in the same place uh, at the drop of a dime. It's something that transforms in my life or something goes awry in my life. Thank you so much for saying
1: that. You bet. You bet. And, you know, that that's something I hope more and more of us are having conversations about. And I know, you know, a lot of my friends, when it was time you know, for me to go to prison, we're like, oh my God, are you so scared? And oh, I can't believe this and that. But then under their breath, they were like, and you can't see a gesture I'm making now, like kind of putting my hand over my, they're like, hey, my cousin went to prison. Hey, my my brother got arrested for DWI. Hey, so and so." like, you know, like hiding it and shameful. And let me tell you, that shame is what's killing us. That shame, and, and when we're not facing it and we're not admitting and dealing with it, There's no accountability in that. That's where we're not, quote, fixing it. We're not able to to take care of things and 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 change things about ourselves and and improve things if we're not able to deal with them. And if that happens as an individual, then what does that do collectively as a society? I mean, that too was really eye-opening for me when people were like, oh, well, now that I know that it's happened to you, because it was splashed all over, right? Now they're telling me their own secret. Why is it a secret? You know, same thing with addiction. It used to be where you would hide in a corner and people would like go away to, you know, somewhere for a few weeks and then they'd come back and they'd under their breath, I'd been at rehab. You know, all that stuff needs to go away. There's no shame. What we need to do is be able to own it, be accountable for it. And then what are we going to do about it going forward?
0: Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and sharing my podcast. Here are three ways to help me today. Consider donating, if you can, to my GoFundMe for my freedom efforts. You can find that by typing in Incarcerated Lives Matter, Philip Alvin Jones on GoFundMe. Subscribe today to my YouTube channel, The Wall Behind and Beyond. Comment and share. We are on our journey to 1,000 subscribers. We can do this. Visit GrantPeroleToPhilip.com. It's a one-stop shop that has my direct contact info and awesome social media sites. Please get in touch with us if you'd like to help in any way with Team Philip. Thank you, and keep listening to The Wall, Behind and Beyond. We're back on the other side with Nicole from the Rusty Diamond Network. She was just talking about you know, the ins and outs of how the criminal justice system could function in a better, more proper way without criminalizing uh, trauma or criminalizing mental health or criminalizing people's uh, struggles in life Uh, because we're all just human beings. Was there anything else that you wanted to add uh, to what you were saying, Nicole, before we cut off?
1: No, I I just think that's a really important conversation for all of us. And I I will add, as, as I say, no. Yes, let me add one thing that I think where we're headed, you know, even in this volatile climate that we're in, politics, all of these things that are kind of going on, I, I set all that to the side, you know, and think about humanity, right? And we're, we all have a mother, a sister, a brother, you know, a family member, somebody that we care about somewhere in our lives. And if we just stop for a minute and reflect on that and think about each other in, in that regard, and that we're looking for, you know, kind of that common goal as to be healthier as a society, then we're moving that ball forward. We're in some a lot of really hard states like Texas, where, you know, politics and things like that do make things difficult. But I work on some legislative things here. Um, I've worked with Topeka K. Sam, and um, I'm her EPIC ambassador for Texas. And I got involved in some of the, the legislation. And it was really interesting to me to see that we have conservative values or or we believe in doing right by people but then we trip ourselves up in a lot of these kind of discussions and i hope that as we bring this more and more to the forefront and we realize that we are all just people trying to take care of our families trying to do the best we can in the world that these conversations will continue to be in more and more people's living room and and instead of just looking at that as crime or th- that we look at that bigger picture of of a healthier society that that's where all of that stems from
0: most definitely and i want to segue that into uh, my next question which is what is your goal in terms of this most important work um i know that you help a lot of women navigate their way through the this-
1: system you know, it's interesting. When I first started this, I always would say one diamond at a time, right? One diamond at a time. Picking them up from the, the prisons. You know, I'd work with them while they're in the prison. They call me like what we're doing now, you know, from the prisons. And I'm helping them navigate and doing their best time and working with them on parole. But really, my goal is collectively that one at a time that then they're out there networking one at a time. And so then that one at a time becomes 10 at a time. 20 at a time, 100 at a time. I was just going back through our records and it, it, we've, we've touched over about 1,300 women at this point. And I, I'm, I'm really proud of that fact because I think what we're doing with this model works. So my goal is to say that, that this lifestyle and being able to say, you know what, we're, we're not perfect. We're human beings and we make mistakes. But if we focus on rising and lifting each other up and we focus on, on paying attention to how we live our lives, And how we help each other live our lives so my goal is that we continue to build on the framework of lifting each other up through this networked model and then the resources that we've got so my goal is to continue to build these resources because as we do this housing resources job resources the things that we need as we're making bigger better choices you know we're getting stronger and more confident especially as women you know, in taking care of our families, 80% of us are mothers. You know, we've got babies and children to take care of as well. And a lot of us are reintegrating back into that. Our 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 own mother has been taking care of our child, or our husband has been taking care of our child, or we're a single mother. So a lot of the resources and strength that we need in order to be able to reintegrate ourselves into a strong life and elevate and not be dependent on necessarily a man be able to be self sufficient and feel that strength and confidence within ourselves to be a diamond to be able to to go out here and and not be labeled a felon not be labeled as somebody that can't do better can't earn better why why can't i break that glass ceiling why can't i make the next step why can't i get that apartment so for me the goal is really to just continue to improve that that strength and narrative within our network and prove it we're living it we're out here doing it Um, and and the more and more that we do that and the more and more we have these conversations i believe others that that have the power to enable us to do this start paying attention and going hmm wait a minute these are good workers these are good mothers we don't need to be taking their children cps wait a minute we need to hire these women wait a minute we need to house these women wait a minute, we need to hire these guys. You know, same thing goes for the men, right? I just live, you know, more in the in the landscape with the women. But then all of a sudden you start to really see the implementation and the effects of that come to fruition by how we're living the life.
0: For sure. That is really powerful. And uh, I think that uh, what you said uh, touched on a lot of notes. And uh, I was just talking about the network aspect of it. Uh, On Sunday with my team I said that each and every person that's a part of the network is a professional in their own right and they have specialized skills. So even in terms of the criminal justice world in the circle, we should each call on each other when we need these particular services. And when we do that, we keep the network in a circular fashion. And also we support and uplift each other, which makes another person want to uplift and support someone else. And so it's each one reach one again. So I love that you spoke on a little bit and touched on that, um, because for me, that's big.
1: Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, listening back to your podcast and you've had some of my mentors and friends on here, Glenn Martin, David Garlock. I mean, quite a few people in mental health. You from behind those walls are reaching out to people who are instrumental and, as I call it, doing the thing. Man, I mean, Glenn's got this ju- Just Leadership project out here. That I mean, they're out there doing it. They're giving money to people like us that are out here doing this and empowering other people to come out and be successful. And I don't knock nonprofits. I I love you know working with nonprofits, and there's a lot of great nonprofits out there. But people that are out here just pulling triggers and saying, "Hey, you know what? You don't have to go through all of these hoops." This simple process. Here's an application. You tell us about yourself, and boom, done. That's how Topeka and Epic Ambassadors operate too. I was just floored. I mean, it was literally I did a video, went through some interviews, and and bam, the next thing I know, I'm in a six-month incredible training opportunity to understand how to lobby, to understand legislation. I mean, in depth, I had people on there that were from the Miss America organization. We had people on there from uh, the House representatives from you know, all over the country. All of a sudden, I'm exposed to these experts and these wonderful, experienced people and everything from speaking to um, actual how to write a bill. We have bill authors that have passed laws. And I'm dealing with somebody that just wrote part of the first step act and sat there to get that thing passed was in the Oval Office. That's powerful. A couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting right next to the chairman of the parole board because I spoke at a lawyer's conference. So getting out here and doing the thing and and getting yourself immersed in it and sharing and putting yourself out there. And I'll tell you, it's hard because I wake up every day knowing the mistake that I've made in my life and the multiple mistakes, but really my accident. I live with that every single day. And it's very difficult because it can be dark. There's times, and and I'm sure all of us that have, quote, committed crimes and have done harmful things or that have victims. and, and, And I tell you, every single crime that is committed has a victim. We live with that, okay? And that's why I tell you, you don't live in shame and guilt. You go, you know what? I wanna be a better human being. And I want my fellow man to be a better human being. What better way than to take what I did And turn that around and turn my mess into a message and by living it and sharing that and showing it. And when you get a collective group of people that have done that, hopefully we will overpower those where it's the one negative because it's life. Somebody's out on parole and they do a horrible atrocity something's committed then the next thing you know everybody in government says oh nope no more parole or we're putting ankle monitors on everybody or blah, blah, blah." i mean we take a million steps back and we just made 30 steps forward so i'm i'm just hopeful that if we continue to collectively work together and showing it in our networks together that wait a minute this is the larger narrative this is the larger population of us out here doing this and here's who we are
0: absolutely there's so much work to do and I always like to say that every little bit helps, every little bit counts, no matter what part of the uh, society that you're representing, uh, no matter what organization that you are part of, um, if everyone does their part, even a little bit makes a difference. So I appreciate everybody for what they're doing out there and I hope that they continue uh, to continue to throw uh, everything they have at some of these problems that we're trying to solve in our society. But... I hear uh, you did a keynote address at the Texas Criminal Defense Lawyers Association's annual symposium. Uh, how was that, and what did you speak about?
1: Wow. You know, God is, we have such a big God. It was amazing. I was at a, di- a private dinner the night before. I'll give you just a short antidote. And I was sitting next to a gentleman who looked really familiar to me. Now, I hadn't met anybody yet. I had just checked into the hotel, and I'd driven from Dallas to Austin. And, and so I had to change clothes and rush in there really quick. and and I ran to this dinner. I picked up one of my diamonds. You, you know who I'm getting ready to say, Bobby Moore. Bobby is one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met in my life. He got off death row. Bobby is out on parole. He's been out um, a little over almost two years, actually November, two years this month. Long story short, I surprised everybody. I asked if I could bring a guest. Um, there was probably only about 18 people at this dinner for this conference. I brought Bobby. Bobby did over 46 years. on on death row in, in tdcj he's become a part of my family i just adore bobby um but as you can imagine 46 years on death row he hasn't sat at a dinner at a mexican restaurant and you know done these kind of things so i made sure he was okay of course he was he was great to go we're sitting down and and we got there and everybody was already there and we weren't late but they were already seated and About 30 minutes into the dinner, I turned to ask somebody, I said, this gentleman sitting next to me looks so familiar. And he'd been talking to the person next to him. Come to find out it's the chairman of the parole board, Mr. Gutierrez. And I looked at Bobby and I said, Bobby, Chairman Gutierrez is sitting next to me. So I kind of tapped him on the shoulder and he turned and I said, I want to introduce you to somebody. Now, Bobby's case was in the Supreme Court. It went all the way, you know, in the United States and Texas everywhere. And Gutierrez and the parole board were very supportive of Bobby and getting him out and getting him on parole, but they've never met in person. So I pulled myself kind of away and introduced the two of them. They were able to hug and tears were shed. We were all, you know, hugging and and introducing everybody in that moment. I just sat there in the humanity of that and the grace, the absolute grace of that moment. And I thought this, this is why I do what I do. And this is the purpose of this. And it was just so beautiful. And so the next day was the conference and I spoke and it was just powerful. You know, I had people from TDCJ there, the parole board. Um, I got to listen to the parole board, talk about a lot of things with the parole and process. I learned a lot, but to be able to share and actually what's so funny is I brought um, some of my things from prison that I had sent home and I, I brought my dirty toilet water bra and I actually held up this you know, dank little sports bra thing. And I, and it was covered and dirty. And I said, guys, this is actually washed from my toilet water. And they were just a gas. And I didn't think about how powerful that was. I've done speaking before, you know, colleges and things like that. Never in front of this kind of a group with executives and so forth. And a lot of lawyers. I mean, there were some people crying and it was powerful because I don't think people really realize the loss of humanity and dignity should prison be, you know, nice and sparkly and clean no. But I don't think they realize the extent of it. And then being able to talk about some of the other things with like the strip searches and how those process and all of that. It just and then also the beauty of it. You know, the things that I learned about women and about different cultures and the experience I had in there. It was astounding the response that I I actually got a standing ovation. And I was, think it was in such a zone, I didn't realize it till afterwards. And one of my attorney friends told me. So it, it was something that I thought about when I created Rusty Diamond from behind the wall, like what you're doing. And then if you'd have told me back then while I was sitting in my prison whites, fast forward four and a half, almost five years later, that I'd be sitting in a room full of people like that, sharing my story and my thoughts and my experience and get that kind of reaction back. All I could say to you is, but God only because of god it was just absolutely amazing
0: that had to be an emotional charge situation and i'm pretty sure that you know it was very moving and touching um when you got up there and you showed um some of your things and allowed them to really see or have a glimpse inside of what really goes on and that's what most of our listeners ask about How does it work? What happens in there? So that they cannot try to identify uh, with those who have been behind the wall and those who are coming back out. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Can you speak to us about what you are currently working on and what's next for you?
1: Yes. So right now, um, I've just kind of come back. I've had some personal things with my father's health. Sadly, Um, he's he's doing all right. But we've had a big life change there. So I've been working with my diamonds a little bit, but I had to step back from some of the legislative work that I was doing. And I'm excited that I'm getting back into that. We're working on some programming um, bills and, and some parole bills. hopefully have a good shot. We've got some really good legislators in Texas and, you know, on the conservative Republican side that are really listening to us right now. And a lot of really strong formerly incarcerated women just went down and testified before the committee. So I'm looking forward to supporting those bills. We're going to have the, uh, Uh, In March, a big uh, group get together down there. There's a a Women's Justice Day, Women's International Day that, you know, happens all over the world. We tie on to that with some things that we do. Um, So there's just a lot of exciting things there. Uh, I've been working a lot more with a few men that um, have been referred, and it's been really interesting to do that. I've met them through the prison radio show that I do quite a few times here that airs inside the prisons. It's the longest running radio show in Texas, and it's just fascinating um, you know, the letters and the things that I'm learning uh, as I expand kind of into working more with the male population, which has been pretty exciting for me. And then, you know, just really focusing more on re- reimagining this reentry. What does reentry really look like? Because again, people are listening. So reentry doesn't start 90 days before you get out. Programming isn't just for people two years before they get out. You and I have had this conversation while you and I have been getting to know each other the last couple of years. Programming is something that is a lifestyle. It's in us. We need to learn about ourselves. We need to go through our traumas. We need to do. So this programming bill and understanding uh, how this needs to change with reimagining reentry is my mission. So where we're going forward and what I look forward to in the next year is I've got some curriculum that's going to be rolling out with what I do to kind of put more of a a structure to help these women when they can't talk to me on the phones. I I saw a little bit of that with being a little bit more out of pocket a few months with my dad's illness, but that will also kind of give me some more data that I can provide to back up what I'm talking about with reimagining reentry. That It starts way before, and quite frankly, this will help us with this whole issue we have with mass incarceration and thinking that punishment and throwing people in prison is going to fix it because it's the opposite. So that's my focus. That's my goal. That's what I'm working on next, just continuing to elevate this message, continuing to lift up other folks, organizations, and networks that are doing the same thing. And continuing to build on reimagining this reentry, starting, continuing my license. uh, I've got to get my hours in before the end of the year here for my certification and my state license for my reentry certification and just building on that. So I look forward to an exciting next year. And also you hopefully getting to finally meet you in person on the other side of the wall. That's a big, exciting thing.
0: For sure. You're definitely going to meet me. You know, i got to come around and meet my network, all my supporters, and everybody who, you know, had a good word for me and kept me going. Um, I'll be right back for more with Nicole from the Rusty Diamond Network. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and sharing my podcast. Here are three ways to help me today. Consider donating if you can. To my GoFundMe for my freedom efforts. You can find that by typing in Incarcerated Lives Matter, Philip Alvin Jones on GoFundMe. Subscribe today to my YouTube channel, The Wall Behind and Beyond. Comment and share. We are on our journey to a thousand subscribers. We can do this. Visit GrantParoderPhilip.com. It's a one stop shop that has my direct contact info and awesome social media sites. Please get in touch with us if you'd like to help in any way with Team Phillips. Thank you and keep listening to The Wall Behind and Beyond. Thank you for using the All right, we're back on the other side with the Cole from the Rusty Diamond Network. And I just wanted to make a comment on what you were speaking of. Like we were saying, reentry is a service provided not just on the way out the door, but the entire time we've been incarcerated. Do we get back to society. Um, If the goal is recidivism reduction, if the goal is alternative to incarceration, then what we have to do is we have to address every single need of an individual uh, when they're inside uh, so that they can go out whole
1: and complete. Oh, amen. I I mean, I was shocked. This is where Rusty Diamond really just exploded where i was like whoa wait a minute and this is where I, I call it transferable skills and this is something i really try to develop in my my girls is look i took all of those sales skills all my executive skills and all those 20 something years in corporate america and i said oh man i'm applying all that to this because reentry doesn't exist period i don't care i mean I, i'm not trying to again not not knock, knock the nonprofits, but it's like you're lucky to get a breadcrumb you're just lucky if you get one of the good ones and there's good ones out there, but there's too much need for them to provide the support. And I mean, I called every, they gave me a, a stack of paper and said, here you go. When I left TDCJ, I called the numbers. Half of them were disconnected. Half of them said they wouldn't work with a felony. The other half, you know, it, it never called me back. It, I sat there crying my eyes out. I'll never forget that day in that kitchen. I probably made a hundred and something phone calls. I mean, I went back to my call center days, calling all these people thinking, and I had, I was just so excited. I'm like, yes, I'm going to make all these relationships. And here we go. And I was just down. And I looked at my husband and I said, this is a total crock of crap. These people, it's just a crock. Or it's, oh, we'll come down here and sign up for this and we'll call you. Or, no, you got to go through the church program and this, that, and the other. I mean, it was just horrible. So I said, you know what, we're going to do it. And that's when I started figuring out who I could really lean on, where I could go to to find actual resources that would show up, where I could actually get things done. I
0: love that you work so hard. Um, This is what I'm talking about. These are the stories that I like to hear. What would you like our
1: listeners to take away from this interview? Well, how amazing it is. Uh, This is another God moment. That here we are, you know, Rusty Diamond was born behind the wall. I literally was in a uniform just like you. Here I am, fast forward five years almost, talking to you in a uniform behind the wall and look at what you've done. I can't even imagine five years from now, Philip, what you and I are going to be doing together. I am so excited and you are living it. You are showing, you are proving. I mean, one of the things I'd love to see is this be more of something that would be part of reintegration from behind the wall. You're showing it. You're creating it. You're doing it. And your team out here that's supporting you that I've gotten to know that is amazing. So I think that, you know, we talk about me and Rusty Diamond and the Diamonds all day long. Everybody can look that up and we're going to talk about how to contact me. I want people to take away from this, you, Philip, and what you're doing already while you're in that place. You're in that dark place right now and you have turned it to light. You're showing it no matter what me or any other guest sits here and says on this. I mean, and I'm not knocking us either, but man, you're, you're showing it. And that, to me, I just like, man, I just wish I could give you a big hug and a
0: high five. Thank you so much. I love it, the encouragement. This is why I do what I do, because I want to show that no matter where you are in your life, no matter if you went to prison, no matter how many years you did, no matter what the system said or the court said, you can reclaim your life and be a positive role model Showing that you can return to society and benefit your community. Uh, That's what I'm all about. Most definitely. We're going to get out, and we're going to do some amazing things. Um, I definitely look forward to it um, and appreciate you. Thank you again for all that hard work that you've been doing. And if you need me, you know where I'm at. Thank you.
1: Likewise. And I'm ready for it. And, again, I just thank you for this opportunity and this time. And I'm really excited about what the future holds. I'm so hopeful. I mean, I just think at this point, there's so much momentum going, and there's so many phenomenal people out here, both in in Texas and in all these states and across this country that, man, how can we not affect change? I'm seeing it. We're living it, and we're doing it right now on this call, and it's just an exciting time to be doing what we're doing to help families and help each other. It's just, it's a great place to be, and, and what a purpose, man. What a purpose.
0: For sure. With that being said, how can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you or get involved with Rusty Diamond? Absolutely. You can
1: email me at Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, at RustyDiamond, R-U-S-T-Y, Diamond.org. You can also go to our website, which is RustyDiamond.org, and there's a contact me form on there. I'm also on Twitter. You know, Twitter's a very interesting space to be in (laughs) for 220 characters, and that's Prison Diamond. So at Prison Diamond, we're on Facebook. I haven't done a lot on there, um, but there's some some content there as well. So you can just go out and find me anywhere. I'm I'm out here, and I love to interact and and you know talk to people about anything and and be of service in any way that I can. That's
0: right, and that's what it's all about. Reach out, y'all. Rusty Diamond Network. See how you can work with them. See how you can support them. And I thank you so much, Nicole, for coming through. It's always a pleasure to speak with
1: you. You too.
0: Big hugs to you and high five. Absolutely. Stay up. As always, I want to give a special thanks to our listeners for your continued support of The Wall Behind and Beyond. And if you haven't already, I ask that you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Wall Behind and Beyond. We want to be able to notify you every week when a new episode drops so you get exclusive access. Also, share the episode that you like with friends and post our links on your socials. You guys are the show. And as we grow... We will bring you more quality content. Remember, I am because we are. If you want to get a hold of me direct, I can be reached via email at www.jpay.com, eight eight one five zero seven Washington State. Take care, everyone, and be well.